Welcome to Why Is This Good, a podcast by the Naples Writers Workshop. I'm Christine, and I'm here with John. Hey, John. Hello. All right, it's my turn. I picked a piece of flash fiction in the New Yorker called When the Stars Collide by Atessa Moshfig. And there was another short story by hers that was not free, <laughs> but it was the one that I was after. And then I found one that was free. So I'm just going to read from the beginning because it is so short. I had to start smoking because the detective smoked. So that summer, I paced around my empty bungalow in a wool hat and smoked and practiced my facial expressions in the bathroom mirror, imagining the slush of snow under my boots, the wet, cold smell of Terrytown. It was an odd thing to look out at the plumeria and boiganvia and hummingbirds and lemon trees and imagine snow and gore. It didn't even occur to me to go on dates. I was very focused. The movie was called Terror in Terrytown. One night, I went to a party in Beverly Hills at the home of one of the producers of Moving Onward. The shoot had wrapped only three months prior, but I barely resembled my character from moving onward anymore. I'd put on 12 pounds eating steak and donuts, and my face was screwed up and tight from chain-smoking Chesterfields and trying to talk at a faster clip. I was feeling a bit antisocial, and I was underdressed. The director of Moving Onward wore a white suit and had a girl who looked about 13 on his arm. I remember thinking, don't work with him again, and then being instantly nervous that I wouldn't be good enough to work with anyone else. I lit a cigarette and smoked behind a hedge of Pacassandra. I'm Elizabeth, Elizabeth said when I ran into her on my way back into the bar. She said it as if she'd been waiting to say it, as if we'd been eyeing each other all night, although I hadn't noticed her. I wouldn't have noticed her if she hadn't come up to me. She was 23 and I was 24. I shook her hand and instantly forgot her name. She had worked as an assistant to the costume designer on Moving Onward, she told me. I was the one who tailored your pants, she said. They were too long, so I just took the hem up half an inch. It was very boring, what she was saying to me. Half an inch, that's all it took. Thank you. The pants fitted perfectly. I said to her. I didn't even know what pants she meant. In Moving Onward, I played the lonely son of a war-ravaged drunk who was having a romance with his father's nurse. I kept my pants on the whole time, but I never noticed them, which I suppose is the mark of good pants. I was not thinking about anything trivial on the set of Moving Onward, not about pants, and certainly not about women. This was going to be my entree into the world of cinema. I knew it, and I had to give it my all. I found this story like I found a lot of them where I'm like looking up. I think I purposely wanted like to read a modern writer knowing that we were just going to have finished James Joyce and I wanted to read something pretty short. And uh, she came up on a couple lists and like I said, I forget the other story by her that I wanted to read. So I had no idea what to expect with this when I like actually sat down and read it. And uh, I was really surprised that it was kind of the story that it is because like by the end, he's kind of like, yeah, there's nothing special about this girl that I met married. And I don't, I really don't know what to make of it except that that like all types of writing that even if you don't like the outcome if you can tell that it's good writing you're still kind of along for the ride and that's what I was with this story so even the section that I read I like that this is a character that's like at first I wasn't sure if it was a man or a woman actually by the end I'm just assuming it's a man who is so just in his own world he thinks that he is doing this type of method acting right but you can kind of get the sense that he is not necessarily top of anyone's mind he might be decent in this film but like the section i just read this is going to be his entrance into the film world he hopes he makes a big splash like he takes his craft really seriously and like that line that i just read he wasn't thinking about anything trivial so he includes pants and women in that category right which is a horrible way to think about women in pants he just conflates the two right and he was so in his own mind when he was even on the set that he didn't remember this girl you know which he wouldn't probably there's a bunch of people on a movie 
movie set, but she remembered him. She's like very interested in him. And it's like kind of by the end of the story that you realize that that's all he's really after. Someone that's like into him and is going to like let him do his own thing in his own head. But I liked him as a character, not because I liked him as a person. I liked him as a character because he seemed fully realized for as brief as we get to know him. I feel like even by the end of the section that I just read, you kind of know this guy. Yeah, we see him in action. We see him responding to things. We see him, we see his thought processes. You know, these are all great tools for really rendering a character, you know, and the actions aren't just ordinary. They're right. specific to him. You know, that's yeah. that's the key to these kinds of things is as a character, you don't just pick actions that anyone would do, you know, like yeah. he walked from the hallway to the to the living room yeah, no. you know like everyone does that to get to the living room but <laughs> you have to pick something hey like what does he do <laughs> it's different How he is skips. It? yeah he skips he could trail his fingers along the wall or something like some other character yeah. would do you know like or just like touch the corners of each painting as he passes them something random and weird but just like tells you something about the character and so right. anytime you have those kinds of details you're going to have a well-drawn character because it yes it defines them right and i mean to go off what we kind of talked about in our last episode about the dead we talked a lot about a narrator that implies what a character is thinking and here it's explicit so i mean that that's that's a very quick way obviously to draw a character where he literally says i wasn't thinking about trivial thing like pants and women we didn't have to like have him kind of just in this scene dismiss her or interpret a look on his face that told us that he didn't remember her you know he's explicit about it so it happens really quickly but there's still i would argue something pleasant about the way it's written you know, it's to the point. It's not meandering. Like you're characterizing them deliberately, but it doesn't make it boring or like without some skill behind it. Yeah, that's a, there's a, we talk about in writing, you know, you need to do like how many different things you need to do. You got to make these characters believable. You've got to move the story forward. You got to have things happen. You have to um, like push towards an ending. Like there's going to be an ending that is going to be the point of the story more or less. And other things that are happening along the way, like teasing the senses, doing all these kinds of different things if you can find ways to do all of those things at the same time like while the character is doing an action that is going to bring us towards the end that is advancing the story is also characterizing him or her at the same time you know if you roll all those things into the same moments and you're doing all those things at the same time that's that's how you get like the best writing i think right is it's all happening together yeah so he's showing up at a party he's talking about how he looks different he's talking about what his own like preoccupations are and then he's telling us like I was being antisocial at this party because I felt all these weird kind of ways and then this yeah. woman comes up to me because yeah when she comes up to him and the way he reacts to her that's like the action of the story but it's also describing her and him at the same time right right the way he responds like he forgets her name immediately like, that's a particular thing but obviously we don't see a moment later where he remembers her name it's like he obviously has to wind up remembering if they're going to get married. But that's like who he was in that moment, right? That was like the character that he is. I felt like the end was abrupt. Like, this is not like a story that I like am presenting and saying like, oh, I think it's like my favorite story or something. Like, there's enough about it that I like really enjoyed that it makes me want to like figure out a way to read that story that wasn't free. (laughs) (laughs) So like the way it ends, they talk about how they go and get pie. And that like sort of ends the scene, which is the one that we started it with that, you know, they leave this 
event. And then like, there's just this final paragraph where he skips ahead, like, and you realize he's telling you a flashback this entire time that happened like forever ago. And he's like, there might have been a better life for me if the woman I married had been more interesting, which is terrible because she is interesting. He just doesn't appreciate anything about her. He hasn't told us anything about her. And he makes reference to that initial scene where at this movie party or whatever, this uh, premiere, the director has like a beautiful little decorative girl on his arm. And he talks about how like his wife has become a decorative thing on his arm and not so he describes it as shimmering or whatever that uh, she distracts from him. He can still be the star. And not only can he still be the star in like the public's eye, but like in his own personal life, she's never going to like be more than him, you know? So he didn't pick a woman that was less interesting, but he picked a woman that was like maybe willing to play that role, you know, doing a whole lot of lot more work behind the scenes that he's giving her credit for to maybe like keep him in the limelight and to not feel any kind of way about that. When really like he views it as maybe like a uh, a bad quality that she's willing to be displayed that way, you know, that she's willing to be in the background. But really, he's just like not looking at the fact that there are people that are happy to do that. Maybe the real bad qualities that he's intent on being at the center of everything, you know? So it does a lot of work that way, right? We don't really like this character off the bat. And he's being honest with us. And he's kind of saying like, I didn't remember her name right away. He wasn't saying like, oh, I never forgot it. You know, he's like being like very like articulate. And then like at the end, you realize that like for all the honesty that he's giving us in this piece, he still is like missing the point completely because he he says there might have been a better life for me if the woman I married had been more interesting. But you can tell that this is the kind of guy that's not looking for an interesting wife. He's looking for someone that's going to like be in the background like she was or else I don't know that he would. I don't know. I thought I felt like this was like a good character study somehow. He seems to have like kind of missed the point by the end. I never didn't like him. I just assumed like when he said uh, that he forgot her name immediately is because he didn't want to be there. Yeah. He was not, he wasn't into it. And um, it's part of his, um, see this, but this is the thing, right? Like, because the character is well rendered, like you said, it is a character sketch. We can, we can describe, like I could go somewhere and say, oh yeah, there's this guy. And I could describe this person and I could probably, I would probably have made up a couple of details and like misremembering the story, but I would have like, I know this person, like this person exists in my head, you know, this character, I can pretend that they're, they're a real person. Which is like, that's the sign of a really well-drawn character, right? Yeah. I, you know, what you're saying about her and the way he sees her, it's an interesting thing because for really um, obvious reasons, I know a lot of assistants to costume designers and costume designers (laughs) and costume people. And like, they are not empty. They are not invisible. No, they're they're real people. They're very real people. (laughs) Some of them are like some of the most interesting people I know. But they're, like you said, they're not the kind of people who need to be out on stage. Like the actors- yeah. Actors want to be on stage. They're just the ones who want to support that. And like she's taking on that role not only in her career, but in this relationship as well. Is like oh, as a support person. Like she's gonna yeah. hem his pants before he goes yes. out before the paparazzi, right? <laughs> and like he gives her a little more credit in this final paragraph. Like he says, She understood that I needed a clean area around me, an empty place where I could hear myself echo against the wall. So like he does understand that like she gets him to a degree. And then like there's even this like section where he says that's when I fell in love with her. So he's talking about like how from the get-go, he feels like he can just say whatever he's thinking to her. He doesn't feel the need to act, essentially. He says, I felt absolutely nothing around here, which is terrible. Uh, But I think what he's really saying is like, he's mistaking the sense of not feeling judged or lesser than as like a poor quality 
quality of hers. When really that is a positive quality. She is not doing anything to you to make you feel terrible about yourself. The way the director just showing up makes you feel terrible. Yeah. Makes you question your own worth. She's interested in you and she's like listening. And so like he says this thing like because she articulates. She's like like in the movie sort of in moving onward. And he like he's like this is the moment I fell in love with her. He says yes I'm glad you noticed that. I brought a lot of myself into the role. So like she recognizes his art and everything. So yeah I think it all goes back to this thing where he thinks like less of her but really she's living her own life that he just doesn't view as interesting because it's not on stage. It's not in front of everyone. Yeah. So the story does a lot of good stuff. Right. And I don't know I like when a story is just kind of an exploration of a character like that. Oh yeah. Because we're just in a scene just one scene and it's not a long scene in terms of like even the amount of time you know they're at a party and they leave and there's one or two things that says I knew I would marry her but it's the effect of that last paragraph that I feel like is doing the bulk of the work in this story as brief as it is because it tells you everything you need to know about the decision he made based on this interaction and how he feels about it you know he's doing we're, we're learning so much about the narrator in that last paragraph and that's like I think what like good flash fiction can do one thing I thought about with this story is this is flash fiction from the New Yorker and I have read a lot of flash fiction from various places and like this doesn't stand out to me as being like you know, New Yorker has given this idea of like being this is really the best fiction the best writers you've I ever and um, I could have read this in a lot of places somebody could have brought this to the workshop and I would have said oh yeah. this is really well done yeah. but I don't it doesn't speak as like it's not magic but one thing to know about the New Yorker is they almost never they have like maybe one story in 20 years they pull from the slush right yeah the stories they publish are from people who have already established their name somewhere else and then they ask them for a story or in some way right. get a story from these authors and then print them and sometimes the author is known for something they did really well and then they could like oh I gotta write something for the New Yorker and they write something and it, it could be that is good. Could be brilliant and most of the time it's very well written because there's a reason their name got out there but it doesn't necessarily have to it's not rising above everything else it's not something yeah, that stands exactly. out of the slush right so that's one thing to think about as as writers trying to like figure out our craft is like there's ne not necessarily anything in this story that is the reason it's in the New Yorker except no, for the yeah. author's name right yeah oh yeah 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 and the other thing it's like what is flash fiction if for the New Yorker it's pretty long yeah <laughs> like, there's places that say you can't flash fiction is 500 and under most places yeah. say a thousand some places say 700 like nobody in New Yorker this is almost 1600 words like 2000 I've seen 2000 as being flash fiction right. so it just it depends and I like to think about that as whatever whatever reason that, that she wrote this story was whether it was like because the New Yorker said we want to print some of your flash fiction or because she just happened to have it in a drawer it didn't conform to a word count it became what it is right yeah it is this length because it needs to be this length I know it's good advice to write and then trim but if you trim merely to hit a word count like I once did this to a story I was like 1700 words and I was like I wonder if I can get this down to a thousand and I kept cutting and cutting. And at a certain point, I was like, this turned into garbage. Like, you can't follow anything that's happening anymore. You could trim like word here, word there. It's like, oh, it's do I really need that word? Do I really need that word? And all of a sudden, it, it just falls apart. There's nothing yeah. connecting the pieces. So let just the idea of length, like letting the story grow to be the size it needs to be. Sure. That's something to think about too. Yeah, I think like right before we both had our little tangents there, what we were talking about though is that like this is kind of like a character sketch that way. Yeah. Like to your point, I don't want to say like, I don't think all character sketches are easy, but I think that they oh, no. are like a good sort of like simple st 
straightforward assignment for someone that kind of lets them let go of plot, of length, of needing things to happen on a page necessarily. You can like show us a scene and the scene doesn't have to amount to the thing that the person takes away, but you can draw your character so vividly that it becomes like a story, you know, because I think that's what this is. I think flash fiction can be like a lot of stuff. I always struggle to like describe it to like my fiction workshop because they want like a definition. It's like the definition outside of length is hard, you know, but it, it always seems like what we like to talk about is that it's like it hits like one singular note. It's like a feeling versus like plot. And this has a definite like feeling and things. But I think like story-wise, if this were longer, we would kind of say, this is not a story. This is a sketch. It's like a meditation on this guy. But it works within this length. And I just think it's a good exercise either way, because this could be a fully formed character in a longer piece. And then we often see, especially in the workshop, like long stories that don't have even a shred of the character development that this does. Yeah. So it's a really good exercise that way. If you want to think about like forcing yourself maybe the next time you're going to write something to write a flash fiction pre- that's a character sketch and then it's like go ahead and get into it this could very easily have ended at the point where like they go on their date where it says like we stopped for pie there could be asterisks there and then another huge section where he talks about the next time i ran into her blah 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 or my next movie right this could like go on into this like long like winding piece a lot like the story that we just did which starts this very way (laughs) with the husband and wife that get married and she ends up in a nursing home the bear came over the mountain yeah that started off at a, like a really furious pace. Like, let's get through all these events. Yeah, it starts out with their courtship. And that is for the purpose of characterizing the wife who by the point in which the story really starts is in the throes of dementia. And so she's not herself. But there's also something just like so great about like quickly characterizing someone that makes for really good writing because it makes you do what it is we beg of you to do even in a plot filled story, which is to like focus on the details, make this person come to life, like show them interacting with their surroundings like you said like walking down the hallway but touching the paintings like what is it specifically that this person can do that you can very 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 quickly make them come to life for us that's a skill because unless you force yourself to do it you oftentimes don't do it I feel like it's it's often glossed over somebody thinks to themselves like their character is like less interesting than what they're going to make their character do and it's like I only care about what they're doing if I care about who they are like otherwise like anyone can do this shit you know like there's a reason why we have Batman and Superman right like they're different superheroes like they're both doing the same shit but like we care about their backstory and and who they are and why it's important to them but like ideally you care about them because they have a personal backstory that compels them so on its face this is just you know not the best flash fiction we've seen in the new yorker but it's still like wonderful writing and it does the kind of work that i think like we should all be trying to do if not in a flash fiction form in a bigger form i love character sketches i've written them by accident where I just didn't know what I was writing but I was like really interested you know what I mean like before yeah. I like knew anything about anything they'd be like submit a short story I didn't know what a short story was so I write something short and then like I remember like a professor coming back being like this is like a character sketch and I was like what's that like it's cool to realize that like there's formats out there that you don't play around with all the time and then to realize that in doing that you are practicing for the most important part of almost every story you know that leads kind of naturally into what my takeaway is is that oh perfect my takeaway is 
going to be that sometimes you have an idea for something and you try to figure out what it is and you try to fit it into something. But maybe the best way to approach an idea is to just let it be what it is. Like, I have an idea for a character. Therefore, let me write a character sketch. Yeah. I have an idea for a series of events that reaches a climax. Let me write a plot driven story or I have an idea for a feeling. So let me write a vignette or something. Yeah. You know, there's just like, what is the idea? It's kind of you, you write to that idea. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can cobble things together. Like I do have an idea for a feeling, but I have a character that goes with that. So you kind of like put those things together. Right. Or maybe you discover a character that kind of can help embody that feeling or have that feeling with you. The way you do this, like what I just described isn't like, oh, I have an idea. Now let me come up with a character, a plot and setting. Yeah. The idea dictates what it's going to become. It right. like grows and like becomes what it's going to be. And is, is this the same thing as I was trying to say with word count is like, you got to let it be what it is. You can't like force it into a cubbyhole that's too small or too big for it. Just let it become what it is. Right. That's my takeaway. And I guess the reason I got that takeaway from this is because I was thinking about this being flash fiction and like so character driven and not under a thousand words. And I was like, these uh, labels we give things as to like, what is it? They're so arbitrary. You know, it's like yeah. flash fiction has to be what? What does flash fiction have to be? It doesn't have to be anything. Just let the fiction right. dictate what it is. Let the story or, you know, lack of a story idea dictate what it's going to become. Yeah. And I, I guess like just to go along with that, the fact that this is probably, like you said, maybe the idea was just a character sketch and so she just let it be that. The reason we think we talked about early on that like this works quickly and well is because she's like explicit. She just tells us things. And we often like say like show don't tell, but everybody like forgets what that really means and whatever. But you could still have like this very literary well done story when you just tell us things like the part where he says I was feeling antisocial like I don't need you to sit there and describe him with his hands like crossed in front of his, his arms crossed in front of his body in a corner like that's less interesting to me than like I was feeling antisocial and you know like there's still yeah. something literary about letting us hear what a character is thinking and feeling and expressing to say I'm feeling antisocial but then to let this woman Elizabeth like enter his life and ask him very personal questions and to, to realize that despite himself he's opening up to her yeah that's cool that's interesting that there's something that's being done there by the writer even as she just tells us something so i don't know i really like that if you can just say things you can say them in a way that still constitutes good writing people i think forget that yeah there's trade-offs so when you show and tell there are trade-offs and you got to pick which thing you want to do like you could spend up two pages showing us the antisocial attitude yes. right but what do you what do you lose what do you gain by saying i was feeling antisocial that's part of his voice that's part of his yes. self-conception it's first person so right. if he's going to describe himself this way we can then see in later things that he's not actually that way if that yes. turns out to be the case or it, that is there's a mismatch between what he does and what he thinks of himself you know those are the kinds of things that come out of this stuff yeah you know i always want to say show don't tell let's forget let's stop telling people that and then i read some workshops where it's like oh no people still need it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because at a certain point, it does have to be what fiction is, which is the depiction of like, you know, it's creating a, a the fictive dream, the um, concrete yes. details, you know, th it does have those things have to be there. Otherwise, you're writing something else. Yeah, I guess maybe the difference is that this is like first person. And so it's great to be explicit. I mean, like we should know what you're thinking and feeling, especially if it's first person. Like, why, why do I have to guess? Just tell me. Yeah, like the difference. Third person, J.D. Salinger, Perfect Day for Banana Fish. 
no interior thoughts at all, no description of what they were feeling. It's all exterior. But then Catcher in the Rye is first person, right? How much of that is that's so voice driven? And the voice is like he's talking about himself the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like obvious takeaways. I don't know. I feel I feel like uh <laughs> At once, uh, brilliant and stupid, uh, even articulated. But I mean, sometimes our podcast is at once brilliant and stupid. Yes, yeah, but I don't know. I th- that's what I'll remember of the story. Like, what, if we were to refer to it, would be the fact that this was a guy that was just like, oh, I was feeling antisocial. My wife, she's she's not very interesting, and it's like, oh my god, you're so wildly off base, and I only know yeah, that because you're, you're wrong. so. <laughs> yeah, you're because you're so explicit in your thoughts. You're just telling us how it is, how you feel and think, and, yeah. and it's it's not totally accurate. But that's what makes it more of a story than a sketch, maybe. Yeah, so I enjoyed it for that. Well, yeah, you. I think you use the word character sketch as a kind of a, a categorization for a thing that doesn't really have a category because everything stands on its own. You got to put it somewhere, and if you got to put it somewhere, it's it's more like a character sketch than something else, right? Right. Because it is focused on character, and it is describing this character, and but it's describing the character through the actions he takes and by creating a scene for us to follow and the thoughts of the character. Right. There's other ways to do character sketches, which is just like third person, like this is what he's like, you know, like yes, so-and-so is the kind of person who does this. And Right. But I think that goes back to my takeaway, which is don't worry about the definition of the thing. Just let the idea yes. blossom into what it's going to be. Yeah, just do it. All right. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, consider joining our Patreon. Your support helps us keep the show running. Find out more at patreon.com slash whyisthisgoodpodcast. And for industry news, writing tips, and great short fiction, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Naples Writers Workshop. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter at napleswritersworkshop.com.